We're back, back, back again. Let's get to work. <laughs> back, 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 back again. Welcome to Pride.com's LGBT pop culture podcast. Yay. Each week we start off the podcast with an inspirational quote from an LGBT icon. Okay, here it is. I got it. Uh, let's see. What is my quote? It is, I used to think that love was giving up everything of yourself and giving it to the other person. Now I've realized that love is when you have somebody that doesn't make you give up half of yourself. Kalani. Yes, queen. Um, so yeah, let's introduce ourselves, I guess. Uh, I'm Taylor. I'm Pride's culture and entertainment writer. And I'm like the bottom of the smoothie that you can't get to with your straw that you just like slurp and slurp and it's just like not, it's not feeling it. That's me. You belong in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. (laughs) I'm Rafi. I'm Pride.com's editor-in-chief and hell yeah, I'm single and desperate and I have no morals. When you turn around, I'm going to flirt my butt off and then take your man. That's one of Whitney Houston's inner dialogues from Waiting to Exhale. Oh, <laughs> yeah. At the New Year's party. Oh, wow. It was on BT Her last night. And, uh, <laughs> so it was fresh in my mind. <laughs> Iconic. Oh my I was also, it was, it was either that or Angela Bassett when she's getting ready right before her man leaves her. She's like, I'm so tired of going to these boring affairs. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. But I thought that one was more dramatic. Just quote that whole movie. We should just have a podcast. This podcast movie. right now, I'm so tired of going to these boring affairs. <laughs> Go- <Rude. laughs> um, Isn't there someone sitting right next to you? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined this week by Ariel. <laughs> you might remember from episode three or four. Yeah. She did the, um, to the girls I'm having sex dreams about. To the girl I'm having sex girls. dreams about. Oh, no. Girls? It was plural? No, no, only one. Oh, it was just only one. Only one at a time. Um, <laughs> Do I really get to say a line? Episode. Yeah, yeah, go off. I'm like Avril Lavigne. No one's cared about me since 2004. Oh. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, anyway, that <laughs> Um yeah. Here we go. Last week, I wrote an article about a 3-year-old who went viral. So this is strap in y'all this is a wild it's not that wild i just like saying strap in um she's dramatic. last year so last week i mean um this aunt of this little boy uh shared multiple like really cute pictures and videos of him on twitter and celebrated her nephew for quote unquote admitting that he is gay admitting um, like yeah. it's a crime that's what she said. Also, okay, so we also have to realize that this family is Filipino, so there might be a language barrier. Like, okay, actually, like, okay. live in the Philippines. Yeah. So um, they, they might not. Yeah. But she said, quote, unquote, he braids hair, does makeup of his dolls, and sometimes pretends to be a beauty queen. No one taught or forced him. He, on his own, showed interest in these things. Um, so me, as I found this story, it had, like, almost 18,000 retweets, so it's really popular on Twitter. And as I was writing it, I was thinking, like, 
this is a really cute example of um, how a family can be accepting of children. You know, like the a three-year-old has certain cognitive skills, as we were all aware. Like they might not even they might want to be a, an airplane one day. You know, but they the fact that this he three-year-old believed he was gay, and the family just accepted it and let him dress dress how he wanted and put on makeup or do whatever he wanted, you know? So that's what, when I was writing the story, I was like, this is so fucking cute. Um, and her, she said, point is simple. He isn't afraid to express himself. The kid was happy, you know? So he posted it on our site. And uh, as the tweet got bigger and bigger and as the story started to get attention, she deleted it, the aunt. Um, and I quickly realized that the story had been picked up by a bunch of conservative websites, which I, which is... I don't know. I blocked all of them. Because people started editing me on Twitter. I started getting accused of, how dare you write this? And you're promoting pedophilia. And you're the oh thing that's God. wrong with the LGBT community. And oh on and on and God. on. So I, what I just did is started just blocking everyone. Um, and I invited Ariel on today because actually she brought up the point that conservative websites, like when I first wrote the story and I was excited about it, she brought up the point that conservative websites could use it as... Did I um, do that before they started doing it? Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Um, I did know. The second I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's for them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. So, uh, I'm going to finish the story because I wrote down a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, some people love the post, which is, I'm assuming, how it got so many retweets. But some people didn't. So, there's a lot of different opinions about it. Some people didn't appreciate that, especially a few people in the LGBT community didn't like that it aligned um, gendered toys and activities with sexuality you know they were like why why is playing with a doll why does that make him gay so that was one opinion and then there were people that accused me <laughs> as well as the family of like promoting pedophilia which i guess is people sexualizing okay because i we talked about this briefly before too like um gay to some people is immediately a sexual, which it is literally like a sexuality, but I think of it in terms of an identity. So I guess I don't always connect connect it like that. Um, it's because you're in a lot of queer spaces. Yeah, because so. <laughs> I'm not connected to <laughs> the straight. Yeah, I forget how straight people or conservative people see us, and it's literally the sexuality, literally the act, and so that conflates with pedophilia when it's a three-year-old because it's sexualized, and I don't think of it as sexual. I didn't even think about it as sexual until. People started calling me that, um, and then it even go. It went into like people like <laughs> claiming that they were gonna uh, call the like child protective services and get this family in trouble. And they live in the Philippines, so good luck with that. <laughs> but, like like family websites. Like there was one of them that was like I think it's called like LifeNews.org or something. Was one of the organizations that even like mentioned me by name in this article. Um, so just like really intense stuff. And then underneath her tweets, as well as these conservative website tweets, like hundreds of just really awful comments. Um, Guys, there's like a military. Yeah, what is a war plane <laughs> flying right by the It doesn't even look like a plane. It's like a military grade How is that flying? Guys, yeah, North Korea's got it. Big windows. Okay, so welcome to LA. No, no that's scary. <laughs> that is a little scary. We're going to bunker down. <laughs> So You'll never okay. hear from us again. I'm going to finish the story. So after hundreds of comments, um, this girl who shared her nephew's story deleted her post. 
Uh, and I quickly followed suit once I realized what was happening. Um, and she said, I'm going to just read what she said in her like tweet statements. <laughs> Um, she said, I couldn't stand reading hate messages. The tweet was with pure intention of expressing how proud and happy I am to see him doing the things he loves and expressing himself freely. But people misunderstood. We didn't force him nor taught him. He wanted to have dolls, be a mermaid, mermaid play Elsa, act like a beauty queen, etc. We just supported him because why not? He denies that he is a boy because he wants to be a girl. He proudly says, I am gay. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't matter if he grows to be someone he says he is or not. What matters is for him to grow up with a heart who respects people, regardless of one's gender, status, race, or religion. People were saying Ugh. he is... People were saying he is a disgrace, that we are at fault why he became gay. There's no point in fighting with closed-minded people. I hope one day this world will be completely free from hate and judgment still hashtag love wins and i promise to let him always be himself i'm not offended that like gets to me it's i mean it's emotional <laughs> no, yeah. like, tell me you've had a strong reaction to it what was it i'll let taylor finish sorry i mean that's that's pretty much it so yeah i just i can't imagine she deleted all her posts so i wanted to delete all her tweets on our uh, article, as well as the pictures that we posted, just so like to protect this kid's privacy. That's what she expressed that interest, and I just wanted to like bring this conversation here and like pose a few questions, you know, because obviously there are a lot of emotions um, and a lot of like, uh, especially like Ariel when you brought up like thoughts that I hadn't even crossed, like didn't even cross my mind, and you kind of predicted that were going to happen, you know. Um, but I just wanted to, so yeah, initial reactions, and I guess like, we can like start asking questions. Well, um, I will say this. It's really comforting and heartening to see a Filipino family react like that to their three-year-old son, because I'm not speaking on behalf of all Filipinos. I'm Filipino. But like gay people and queer people aren't, especially in mainstream Filipino media, aren't portrayed as like, the best, you know what I mean? So it definitely wasn't like the family forcing this like image of gay people on him because there's no such thing as that in the Philippines. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, know, I just find it amazing that they, like, I don't know, they let him be who he wants no, to he be. He's yeah. only three years old. And then I just, I'm assuming because he's a three-year-old, it's a young Filipino family. So it's not like my, I was born in 92. My parents came from like a, a different time, a different generation. Yeah. So it's nice to see that like it's progressed that much, I guess. But I, I, her response, even though it sucks that she had to take the picture down and that she was getting so hate, much hate for it in the first place, I'm glad she responded the way she did and uh, in a good way and didn't let the awful conservative people get to her. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. That was my reaction. I was not offended. Did you have a reaction? Um, well, I kind of saw it coming. What was the headline exactly? It was, um, the internet is head over heels for this adorable, openly gay three-year-old. Yeah, it it's that. Yeah. It's that. It's the headline. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that like they would have been as annoyed by like gender expression. Like, oh, this is a kid who likes to play with traditionally feminine things. Is that we... Like in your article, Taylor, like you labeled him as openly gay. Like to give someone a concrete label at mm -hmm. three years old about their sexuality is a lot to put onto someone. Mm -hmm. And like the kid can't openly, like, can't really declare that for themselves. The kid, like, 
might believe the kid, he might believe he's gay, but he also believes like that Dora's talking to him, you know? And that's the thing. I think that the kid could be showing like things that like are very in common with the culture of a lot of gay men. But when you label a child a sexuality for a child can really fully articulate much of anything, I, could de I definitely saw that, that like, the right was that. Because the right feel, and so I'm someone who, uh, I read right-wing media. I won't read like, like Breitbart, but I read like Daily Wire, and I read um, Are you trying Fox to short and take years off your life? No, I read the headlines, <laughs> and I sometimes click on them. Because it's really good to know the angle and know what mm -hmm. you're saying and how it can be interpreted. So articles that we put as a gay website often show up sometimes on right media because they say they report the same thing, but to them it's ridiculous. Because the like people in that side want to feel like we're shoving our agenda down their throat. We're shoving homosexuality down their throats. And so this is a great like case example to be like, oh, we're forcing a kid to identify as gay, or we're taking him and claiming him before he can say anything. And personally, I think it was a stretch. I think that like it seems more like this kid is breaking gender norms, and that's exciting as the family is celebrating that, and that's cool. But I don't think, I think although because we're oppressed people, we are an identity and we've developed a culture based on depression, at its core, like being queer is a sexuality. It is a romantic and sexual preference, and I don't think a three-year-old should be having romantic or sexual anything or being treated that way. And I think we do that to kids. We sexualize kids all the time. It's not just a gay thing. We're just only mad because it was a gay thing. Like, if you watch, I was telling Taylor earlier, you watch Steve Harvey on Big Little Shots. It's like a show on NBC where they have, like, little kids, like, perform talent stuff. He always gets them on the couch and asks them, so are you boyfriend and girlfriend? And you have a crush on him? And he, like, always, like, tries to sexualize them because we think it's funny and cute. And when we do that with a, like, queer kid, we do that. But I guess also though Taylor, like I had covered that Lactatia story, which got picked up by like a lot of like conservative sites. What is Lactatia? Lactatia is the twelve-year-old drag queen or something. Yeah, like a oh, young. Okay. I think he's actually ten, nine or ten. No. And sorry. like Lactatia, I would probably put my dollar on is gay, but we didn't write that Lactatia was okay, gay. Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, let's go. I have a lot of thoughts. First, <laughs> when I'm, it's going to lead into my first question that I have for y'all. Um, so first. The kid did say, according to the aunt, he did say, like, he identified himself as gay. Obviously, at year three, it's hard, like, you can identify yourself as a lot of things, but the fact that, to me, and I, I realized where I might have went, because I am in my gay bubble, queer bubble, LGBTQ bubble, you know, and I um, now realize that maybe I should have phrased the headline differently, but mm -hmm. he did identify himself as gay, and I kind of, I still stand by it. Uh, and I... Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's also, that leads into how young can you know your sexuality? And it's not necessarily about sex. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot about when, we actually studied this in one of my classes in college, and I tried to find the article that I read, but I couldn't, so which I'm really annoyed about. But there's a sense of otherness that kids uh, in this book they did a huge survey on gay men and just talked to hundreds and hundreds of gay men about when they first felt their sexuality or first felt uh, identified as being gay or like felt different and essentially tons of gay men not tons but a lot of the gay men said that they identified or they knew that they were different from other little boys as early as like four or five. Um, and there's also research to 
back that up. Um, that just people feeling different. So to me, it's like not that much of a stretch for a three-year-old to say or to want to do these things and feel that way because I, while I can't identify with it, like I knew that I was different from really young. I didn't know, I didn't have a word for it until much later in life. Um, but I don't like the idea of saying that a three-year-old can't know that just because we haven't been, like we don't know Like, it's not an experience that we are aware of or, like, have known, but, like, the way the world is progressing so much, I feel like that there is a possibility that a kid could know that, especially if the family was supportive of them and allowed them to be whoever they wanted to be. So I'm just saying it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Like, I didn't know, and I don't know people who knew, especially at three, but I know people who did know, like, six, you know, and... But there's so much, like, mental People growth. underestimate kids all the oh, time. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, think of the cognitive level of a three-year-old. The three-year-old's probably going to say one day, I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I don't think... But I, I think it is complicated, because I do think that children are often marginalized, especially in court systems. Like, uh, often children are not allowed to testify about abusive experience, and because they're children, their voices are quashed. And I'm not about that, and I'm very much against that. But I do think sexuality is a hard thing to understand. I think sexuality takes a lot of time to figure out. And I don't think a child necessarily has introduction to sexuality at a certain level to like declare themselves anything. Um, And I just think that it was easy fuel because for any right wing thing, because the idea of like we're labeling him, we're taking him and like we're pushing that on. They always feel like we're pushing our shit on them. Yeah. So that's how that instantly was going to be. Anything that feels a little ridiculous from our site, like that's fodder for them. Anything that makes us look outrageous, anything that seems too much. But so my question essentially is, can you know like how early is too early to know that you're gay? Like, can you know you're gay? I don't know. I do think though a lot of this stuff, the outsider thing, doesn't have to do with being gay. I think it has to do with the fact that we live in extremely hyper masculine and hyper feminized society. It's extremely binary, and many gay men are feminine and or feminine. Like, and because they're feminine, we associate people who men who are just feminine as being gay. They're like intertwined and it comes from our society's poor understanding of the difference between sexuality and gender expression. Those are very different things. So you, I'm someone who was very of the mindset, I had lots of effeminate friends growing up and I never pushed the idea that they were gay on myself or them, I just let them be. And many of them did come out to be gay. You know what I'm saying? Many, many, but some of them didn't. And I have yeah, a friend so. who, I have a friend who recently came out. He's in his, he's 21 now. And he's told me he knew he was gay since he was like seven years old. And he said that like throughout his life, because he's pretty feminine, like people have always been telling him he's gay. His sisters have told him he's gay. Everyone, and that pushed him to stay in the closet because he did. He hated that people predetermined to it. And he said to me he really appreciated that I never, like, saw him that way, and I never like made a decision that he was gay without him. And I feel like to a degree, maybe that's what this woman was doing, and that's what a lot of gay men experience, like the outsider feeling because we're punishing them and penalizing effeminate men for being effeminate. Um, yeah, you know? so I have some stats for you. Yeah, go for it. Uh, 2017 study done by the Avon Longitudinal Study of Parents and Children, that's a long ass name, found that children as early as three and a half years old exhibited behaviors that correlated with their sexuality later in life. Mm. And they found it by what they correlated, or they realized that the toys and the gender expression that they had when they were three and a half 
correlated and matched with their homosexuality twelve twelve years later. So when what's that? Hmm. Fifteen years old. So it was a large portion of these kids that did express um, playing with these um, toys outside of their gender norm were the ones that came out as gay. Um, and then that's only at 15, and that's still really young to me. Because the yeah. study started in, it was started in 1992. So yeah. that was, yeah, they came out at 15. It's, it's Raffi. You're 92. We're both Yeah, when, Raffi, yeah. when did you come out? I, I came out twice. I came out to my friends in uh, my freshman year of college when I was 18. And then I came out to my family last year when I was 24. And then, but I didn't, I first realized I was gay, like, probably around 9 or 10 when I had crushes on boys in my class. Mm-hmm. So I knew. Yeah. But I didn't, I was deathly afraid to admit it until, for the first time, like, nine years later. I think a lot of us didn't, like, go yeah. in self-denial, too. Yeah, I was definitely in denial. And, like, mm-hmm. so I didn't even let myself realize it until I was 18. And then <laughs> I didn't come out until I was 21. But, like, looking back, now I'm like, oh, that was super gay. Like, that was a sign. That was a sign. Yeah. I was obsessed with Smallville. Realized, and it yeah. wasn't because of the show. No, I, I it's like, there's a lot of things that I go back now and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we three up in kindergarten. And then, like, if you were good for a week, our teacher would let you pick a little trinket out of a, like, a little... Like a box of toys, and you could pick one to go home with. And I always picked like rings, wands, little things like that. But does that make you gay, <laughs> or does that make you someone who is like more gender non-conforming? Yeah. That's the whole. That's that the was. Whole thing. That's the yeah. Whole, <laughs> you know. And that's what it's interesting. I think it's interesting yeah. that like studies are finding that it correlates, but the, it's still like yeah. not like a cause. Like yeah, obviously there are that's people. what I'm are saying. There? It's not defined. Yeah. But like for me, like I'm queer. Yeah. I'm a woman, and a lot of queer women are more masculine. I'm very feminine, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that I've written about this before, and I think it made my relationship with my sexuality very confusing. I I, I say like I was locked in a closet full of dresses, um, and I very much felt that. And I think that oh. this educate like we need to educate people more. It's like a memoir title. Write that yeah. down. <laughs> I know I'm not locked anymore, but um, I think that there's a there's a lot of education that needs to be done about gender expression and how yeah. it's separate from sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I think that we don't have to ignore that there are trends that many people in the LGBT community um, break like gender expectations and a lot of people like a gender expectation of men is to want to fuck women and the gender expectation of women is to want to fuck men and that is part of that um so it's a really interesting kind of socialized thing when yes. i don't think people are queer in a vacuum i think that a lot of yeah. men are who are gay are very feminine there's the concept of like gay voice and all those things but we should never treat like it's not a monolith it's not a determining factor. I know there's a lot of metrosexual men in the world who are Ooh, feminine. Haven't heard that term since 2007. But it's, it's valid. It's valid. There are yeah, a lot of I'm men kidding. like that, you know? And I think that that's a hostile bad thing that we do both like on like very liberal spaces and queer spaces and like more, less inviting spaces is yeah. that we try to tell people what their sexuality is yeah, based I on... Agree other things and I so one of the I definitely agree because um, I think people did that to me as well which is why I think I was in denial about my sexuality for so long because people when I expressed interest in especially as a black male as anything deemed quote-unquote feminine it was immediately oh you're gay or he's gonna be gay when he grows up or the way more expletive things <gasps> so that's yeah. why I <sighs> ran away from it so hard and that's why I wouldn't allow myself to realize it so I agree um, but I 
I was simply just pointing out that there is a link between it. Yeah. Um, and but then also this neuroscience neuroscientist at the end of the uh, article that I read also said I think it's important to ask why we're so invested in this purported link between gender conformity and sexuality in the first place, mm-hmm. um, which I definitely think is valid, um, and I think it is what you were saying as yeah. well. Um, so a few more a few more stats. Um, kids develop their first crush at age five or six. Um, and the magic age for, uh, according to Teen Health FX, the magic that sounds age, legit. <laughs> <laughs> the magic age for uh, kids to understand their sexuality is ten. Um, for boys, it's like nine and a half. For girls, it's like ten and a half. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's just average, though, right? Yeah, that's the average. Uh, that's and that's just when they like under or like l- realize it, I guess. Um, which I guess, thank you to said actually. Um, <laughs> and and oh, here's a quote: If a child were beginning to feel as though they were not experiencing the same thing that their peers were, they may not understand at first Ooh. why they're feeling the way that they do. It may take years for them to come to an understanding regarding their sexual preference. Jesus Christ! Yeah. So, <laughs> and I definitely think that that. Do you know what this is, is reminding me of? Yeah. Moonlight. That's very much what occurred in Moonlight. Yep. And that's something that that Good film example. really examines. Yeah. Actually, because they're saying like, why are they bullying him? And it's because they sensed he was gay. Yeah. And mm. like the mom saying like, that's why they're. Mm. Bu- they're th- that was really a film about that. And his yeah. response was to become hyper masculine. Yeah. His response was to become someone you'd never know was gay. Yeah. And to become a stereotype of the exact opposite and be like basically drowning on the inside. Yeah. That's a really great film to like analyze. Uh, but that film is like fantastic. I love Moonlight. That yeah, film is the most is. like intersectional, yeah. poetic, perfect movie there yeah, is. It's um, amazing. <laughs> it is. It's like the best movie. There's no movie as good as that. Like in terms of, this, it's one of the best movies of all time, in my opinion. I agree. That yes. definitely like perfectly depicts what yeah. we're talking about. How you can understand that you're different and not even know what you're doing wrong, you know, or what quote unquote wrong. Like you can just know that you're othered and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but using that And example, then it becomes something else later, even if you don't understand it from a really young age. But that example I think reinforces what I'm saying or like mm-hmm. why I believe what I'm saying is that um, he was not, he didn't really have a sexuality when he was a little boy and people were mistreating yeah. him. Yeah. Like he didn't have, he wasn't like showing like sexual, like romantic notions towards like other men around him. He was just effeminate and people were against that. And his mom was like very like, like we know what he is and very much like that and labeling him and being like disparaging towards him because she thought he would be gay. And I actually think that that was a violation of him. It was violating, it was wrong to do to him. And that's why I feel like I had that reaction towards that three-year-old. I think it's wrong for us and a violation of us to be like- But what if it's the opposite then? Because what if even the, if it's positive, I guess it's the difference is like the reason you say because it's like you're like it's accepting, but if you're not sure, if, I think it's a violation. I think you should just give people the space and the time to label themselves and identify themselves. And like, because sexuality changes over time too. Like, uh, my sexuality, like, it took me a long time to understand where I stand, and it's yeah. still kind of always in flux. Like, as a bisexual woman, I'm currently with a man, and that's a very confusing situation to be in. Yeah. And you look for affirmation and you know a lot of us who want monogamous relationships and if you're gender fluid or uh, not gender fluid but like sexually fluid or bisexual or you know pansexual that's really confusing because a lot of people aren't yeah but a lot of people aren't polyamorous and they end up in monogamous relationships and have to kind of and some of their sexuality goes on a corner somewhere so I think 
self-determination is so important. And I think the issue is that a three-year-old can't self-determine that stuff quite yet. Three-year-old can't self-determine much. I think it is especially the family's job to make it known that they are accepting and yes. celebrate it. So that's yeah. what the difference is to me. That I think if I, even as not necessarily even a three-year-old, but even as a 10-year-old, if I had a family that was like, maybe quote unquote saw signs and were like, hey, if you're gay, it's okay. And like, we're celebrating this. Not, yeah. not only just saying we accept you, but we're celebrating you and you can do whatever you want. We'll go out and buy you toys. We'll go out and buy you this. That maybe potentially could have saved me from like years of self-loathing, oh, you know? So that's the difference. I don't think there's like harm, except I don't think there's harm celebrating a three-year-old's potential gayness, but it the harm comes from other people who don't agree with it. Absolutely. And that's what I don't. I don't think we can like say like, they're not harming this child. Yeah, they're not. And it's this agenda that's anti-gay and homophobic that is claiming they're harming this child by accepting it. Yeah. Um, I do think though, like maybe the angle could have been like, because gay is a concrete sexuality. You know, gay is I'm attracted to men. That I'm a man attracted to other men. You In know theory, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but that's like what we define it as versus like. People can be more fluid. Sexuality is more fluid yeah. than that. Yeah, but I mean, and yeah, it's like even when you say like straight, though, it's not as like straight. But like straight queer, has like that's why I love the, Some people really don't like the term queer. I love the term queer because it's an umbrella and it can mean so many things. Yeah. And sometimes people just need to be like, I'm part of this community. I don't have the exact label because labels really, really matter. That's why I think it's so important when people come out, like to have the iron thing. So like, did Kalani specifically say she was coming out as bisexual? What did she say specifically? Back a few years ago, she did. Yeah. She was, I'm bisexual. Yeah. Like, it, she was asked specifically about her sexuality was. Yeah. And she says, and I quote, like, being openly bisexual, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, which so is awesome. Laid, yeah. But like, just having a concrete identity makes other people feel heard. They're like, I have mm-hmm. a name for that. Like sometimes I think having the name some people really don't like labels. Sometimes having a label is a very safe space because you can share that with other people. Yeah. You know, there's a community within these different labels we yeah. have. And there's a safety in people. Like, you know. The visibility, the representation. Yeah, but also like, there's a home in it. Like, there's not, in this office, there's not that much. There's, there's plenty of like, diversity, but there's not as diverse you know, as it could be. In terms of <laughs> Taylor, but like you know, like I'm bisexual, and there's only one other person who identifies as bisexual in this office. Oh, and there's Cal, who's current recording, also identifies, but Cal is not always here. Cal but, erasure. You know, like I feel <laughs> Cal erasure. I'm sorry, Cal. Love you to pieces. Um, but there's not that many people, and like it's nice to have people who understand who I share that with. Yeah. Yes. Party. <laughs> party. Yeah. Uh, well, I have some some last few. So, wait, I want to ask a question. Yeah. When did you know you were gay, Taylor? And then when did you know you were bi, Ariel? Uh, I want like a specific. Ins- if, if, if you if you have one, if you like a specific. Oh, like a story. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so okay, so so like I said earlier, I didn't let myself realize that I was gay until I was eighteen, and I was I. So I, went to, I was in college. I went to University of Houston my freshman year before I transferred. And so I was still living at home with my mom, which was the worst. And I didn't have a car, so I had to catch a bus, like an hour bus to the school like every day. Sometimes it was like an hour and a half. It was awful. Were you the gay kid who couldn't drive? Yes, but I did, wasn't gay at the time. <laughs> but then I remember like, I got super, since I had to go to get 
to campus super early every day because my mom so what i would do is uh, <laughs> i would my mom would drop me off at the bus stop where she caught the bus and then i would have to go from there to school for an hour and so i would get to school at like 8 a.m and then my class wouldn't be till 11. so i started working Jeez. out <laughs> so i started going to the gym every day um and in the gym this guy hit on me in the locker room shirtless mm. And yeah. it was so like blatant that it was the first time that I was like couldn't deny that I had interest in flirting with him back. Because like before, I was just like, I did a lot of homoerotic things <laughs> in my <laughs> teens, <laughs> but I like passed it off in my head as like that's just just guys being dudes, like Ew. two bros sitting in a hot tub, <laughs> five feet away because they're not gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like convinced myself that it wasn't gay, and then that time when this guy flirted me, flirted with me in the gym, and I wanted to flirt back, I was like, okay, I can't lie to myself anymore. <laughs> um, and so that was when I finally like admitted you it had to your, myself. Uh, Come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Um, and then I worked backwards from there. I was like, yeah, that was super gay. That was super gay. I don't know why. Yeah. People... I think everyone does that. Like, they have those things going back and, like, it all makes sense. Yeah. Retrospect. <laughs> like, why was I so obsessed with this girl when I was in fifth grade? Yes. Like, why did I have to have a picture with, like, this girl in my class? Like, I wasn't friends with her, but I had to have a photo with her at the photo booth of the dance. I needed it. So I'm like, many things. So I also think about like how obsessed I was with Destiny's Child. Yeah. How much I wanted to like. There was this. I used to go to this after school program, and they would always have like this girls dance team, like hip hop dance team. Yes. And I would watch them instead of like playing outside with the guys and playing basketball. And, but until people started shaming me and be like, "Oh, are you gay? Why don't you go play outside with the boys?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> but I love them. You know, like I went back and analyzed things, and I was like, "Wow, I should." I should have known from so much earlier, but I didn't admit it to myself because I was so scared of it. Yeah. So yeah, that's my story. <laughs> I didn't have, like I told you before, I didn't have my first crush till like nine or 10, but like around five or six is when Power Rangers is really big. And there was one season where the Red Ranger, he like ripped his shirt off and he was all sweaty. <laughs> and my jaw was on the floor when I first saw that. I was like six or seven. I was like, and I was like, okay, that's, <laughs> yeah, little boy. Typical little boys don't usually. Yeah. You know what's significant? You know what's significant when you remember it 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what? That's how you know. I know someone who yeah. said they were sexually awakened by Simba. Oh. The cartoon. That's a little... I'm concerned for her. Right, that's a little When she finally honest. watched it, yeah. yeah that's that's a little weird. She's super Christian. She's a lovely girl, but that's concerning to me. That's like bestiality territory. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, she, I was sexually awakened by Simba, the cartoon. And she's like, she knows it's embarrassing, maybe but it's still like, weird. Maybe it's just like Marty McFly's like, voice. What's that? What's his I don't name? Know. Is that Marty McFly? I don't know. You know how some straight girls really like hang, like date gay men early in life because they're not threatening or <laughs> something like that. It's like, oh, he's a cartoon. He's not threatening. He's a, he's an animal. Okay, know. wait, hold on. <laughs> Who's the actor that plays Marty McFly? I don't know. Though. It was um, not alive. From Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. That's not. Is that who plays Simba? I don't. I, I don't remember anything. Or is it that other guy? Oh my god. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking it up. Google's. Yeah, lots of signs though. <coughs> My first album was Brandy. Yeah. Is that gay? <laughs> Mine was NSYNC. <laughs> no strings attached? <laughs> oh. Marty McFly. Uh, what's that movie? Oh, Back to the Future. 
Wait, now I'm looking up Simba. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Who's he again? Sorry. He's from Ferris Bueller, right? Ferris oh. Bueller, uh, Sir, he's, Sir, he's, he's married to Sergio. Yeah, yeah. That's Okay. <laughs> He's married to Sarah We figured it out. We got it. Carrie. Carrie married him. We got it. Okay. So, yes. Last thoughts. Last statistics. Wait, how, are um, you, how did you know you were by? Oh, yeah. I already told this story on this podcast. I'm going to do this again. You did? Go back to my episode. Yeah. Oh. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Go to episode four. It's the girl I'm having sex dreams about. Yeah. Go to that mm. one. Um, yeah. But, like, I, I knew for a while. And I, like... I, ha- I was having, when I was 17 or 18, I had sex with a woman, and during it, I was like, but I'm not gay. I said that out loud. <laughs> so, denial. Yep. Denial is strong. Yep. Um, hashtag bi-curious. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag heteroflexible. Yeah. No. If the world was more accepting, <laughs> there wouldn't be wrong denial. With yeah, um, so, really didn't want that in myself. Yeah. And, and Chiron wouldn't have hit that kid over the head with the chair if the world was more accepting, you know? Yeah. That was a really therapeutic moment. Every that was. Period. I was like, kill him. <laughs> I guarantee every kill marginalized, him. not even if you were queer, if you were bullied, you, there was that yeah. moment oh, you wanted yeah. to just no. get right back at your like tormentor. Like, I was like, kill him. <sighs> I loved it. But we don't Sh- condone this, violence. This, yeah. this episode is dedicated <laughs> to Chiron. No violence. We hear you and we see you, Okay, last statistics. So we're going to heal. 48% of self-identified gay and bisexual college students became aware of their sexual preference in high school while 26% found their true sexuality in college. I'm that 26%. Me too. 20% of self-identified gay and bisexual men knew that they were gay or bisexual in junior high school, and 17% knew in grade school. 6% of self-identified gay or bisexual women knew that they were gay or bisexual in junior high school. 11% knew in grade school. And obviously that's... None of these statistics are about, like, gender identity, which I think is sad, and maybe that'll be the new... Frontier. Maybe they have any. <laughs> like maybe we can start learning. Are there even about, studies for gender identity? It's they're so small, and also they just have a hard time collecting like sample sizes to do uh-huh. the yeah. study. Also, the know? right loves that. They love articles about. They're giving this. They always lie. They're like they're giving this child hormone therapy. Like people like those rags are always coming. Thing like Angelina Jolie is giving her child hormones to make Hot them trash. into a, a gendered creature. Like they love that. They love anything with like ch- children. What I've learned from this experience is that I'm gonna keep creating for queer people and like just not I'm gonna edit my headlines maybe but like I'm making this for queer people not for mm. right wing people who are awful and yeah, are gonna be awful no matter the what the story was bad at all yeah like, I think I, think I should have phrased the headline kids. differently and I guess I just I felt very personally attacked by all of this obviously because I was personally attacked <laughs> <laughs> but they were coming for I me mean, I, I also wanted people to understand especially like queer people for us to understand how like adolescence plays into like understanding who we are and if our families can be supportive from the beginning maybe we some of us could have turned out a little bit differently come out earlier known who we were earlier and not have those years of like torment and self-loathing that are not healthy for anyone (laughs) you know and we can just all be happier in all our adulthood. Yeah, that's all I want. I think that's why we have such a bond with like other LGBT people is that there's a there's a survival that's a part of it. Yeah. In we, our adolescence, and um, coming out is an experience. Like the fact similar. we can go around the table and be like, "How is it with you?" Da 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 da. It's like a shared experience we all have. Yes. And although that's no from matter a where bad we're from, world where we have to come out, that is you know often unaccepting, accepting that has lots of fear and panic towards the situation. It is something that. Us together and has created an LGBT family. Yeah. 
Through suffering comes power. So Rafi, what's on? What's on repeat? What's what's going on? What oh, are you listening shit, to? This. Um, <laughs> well, I only have one this week. Um, Netflix and Sanrio have this new anime called Agretsuko. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. She's the newest character in the Hello Kitty family. She's this 25-year-old red panda who, she's like a corporate slave. She hates her job. <laughs> she hates her life. And she finds it hard to like get up in the morning. And her outlet is like karaoke, and she likes death metal. And she's just like a, like every lost mid 20s something, <laughs> trying to figure out her life, and it's hilarious. But she's a panda. Yeah, she's a panda. Okay. This, <laughs> this entire world, all the characters are animals. Okay, so it's like her, Horseman. Yeah, her um. Uh, her boss is literally a chauvinist, sexist pig. And then oh my god! Her idols in the company are like these two like women. One's a, one's like a like a, like an ape or something, and one's a peacock. And they're like fabulous. They run the thing, and it's amazing. Okay. And like if to... you're a discru- if you're a newly graduated twenty something in a corporate job who <laughs> finds hard, <laughs> finds motivation and is jaded, it's. Then you'll like it. I'm not saying I am those things. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe um, a little. But it's it's funny. I'm it's gonna hilarious. It. I'm going to write down the name of it afterwards because I can't not spell that. And yeah. then I'm going to watch it. Um, it's only 10 episodes and they're like 15 minutes each. Like You can knock it out in like really quick. Perfect. And I love animal puns. So yeah. even better. <laughs> and it's just so funny because it's like she's like filled with like misery and like hate but she's this really like draw the animation is really cute so i like the juxtaposition yeah i'm just trying to imagine were you about to describe this panda as gorgeous no <laughs> she's cute not gorgeous oh, okay. she's cute i thought it would be like drop like all gorgeous. like all sunrio characters are cute okay <laughs> interesting well i'll check it out my my obsession. My what obsession. about you um my obsession, once again, is uh, Beyonce. Oh. Uh, I have been slayed the house down boots by Beyonce, Giselle Knowles. <laughs> Knowles Dash Carter. Dash Carter. Um, <laughs> she is the is mother this I never had. Are you whispering? <laughs> she is the mother I never had. The daughter I always wanted. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Paychella, um, I okay, Oprah. just am obsessed with everything Beyonce. Uh, I'm still, it's two weeks later and I'm still like Not even, it was watching clips. Weekend well, 2 was two, a couple days ago. Yeah. Or, well, I guess it's like a week and a half since yeah. she first blessed us oh, with yeah, yeah. that live performance. Um, I was doing really well. Like I watched it, I watched it live. I was doing really well, I thought, without getting like super emotional and just like dancing in my living room. I had a few glasses of wine. I was feeling good. Um, the second Destiny's Child came out, scream, bawling, like <laughs> actual tears. Um, say my name, lose my breath. When they did Soldier, I was literally like, twelve yeah. year old, he was like scream <laughs> yes. crying at the TV. I was like, yes. <laughs> got the boys at me, and they're like pleading. <laughs> I, it was just an incredible for- performance. It was so black. It was yes. so female. It was just perfect. I'm <laughs> mad that that sweater cost $115 on her website because I wanted that yellow like hoodie. Um, 
but I'll get over it. Also, like, if there are any sugar daddies out there that want to buy me this sweater, or mommies, I'm, I don't discriminate based on gender. Um, you know, holla at me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I accept donations. Um, <laughs> What's your GoFundMe account? At Cornbread says. <laughs> <laughs> you can Venmo me also. See Taylor Hen. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she's perfect. I love her. That's, that's, that's both of my obsessions. <laughs> she's, she's just amazing in every way. Uh, but as Ariel pointed out, Coachella is still uh, pretty anti-LGBT, so like maybe don't uh, support them next year, Beyonce. But like she <laughs> donated a, a couple hundred thousand dollars to HBCU, so I've forgiven her. Um, Intersectionality is a lose-lose game. <laughs> You can still enjoy. I think you can still enjoy pop culture yeah. and enjoy things. And I mean, I didn't pay for yeah. it. Like, I didn't yeah. pay for a ticket to Coachella, so <laughs> I don't personally feel responsibility. Yeah. Um, we streamed I, I it. Love though. Beyonce gave it did. Like, hey. I appreciate it. But you know, <laughs> I, if you're just playing like being a pain in the ass, I'm not. This is not my belief. Don't come after me. But I, being pain, you're like, you know, Beyonce, you have a huge LGBT fan base that are really loyal to you. Like, you could have served them better. <laughs> And she does, and other aspects. What is, has, also, you would know more than me. Has Beyonce been active in LGBT yeah. activism? In what yeah. way? Remember when she did that 7 Eleven video with the yeah. rainbow flag? Oh, <laughs> my life has changed. <laughs> I finally knew it was okay to be gay. Beyonce raised up that rainbow flag. Single handedly <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> with 7 Eleven playing in the background. But she actually does a lot of activist work. Um, also, I would like to call out every other LGBT artist and even straight artist because they also did the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah. everyone who performed at Coachella. There were queer shame. artists there who performed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm just, we should all be more conscientious. There are a lot of really great um, festivals that are more I think progressive. Like, but when, like, like when you a bottle, think of festivals. It's all about its ethos. Yeah, yeah. When you think of festivals, though, like Coachella is the one that comes to mind. And oh I, yeah, it's so sure. cool that Beyonce took like a took up space in this white. Uh, oh yeah, upper yeah, middle like, class. Awesome. Uh, All like, the tweets that are about like an auditorium full of colonizers, and she <laughs> got out up there in her with her uh, HBCU themed uh, performance, uh, stepping with her band yeah. and every. <laughs> How, how much more proud can you be of that? I don't know. Uh, like it's, it was perfect. Fucking marching band. All the yeah. tweets that are like, <laughs> I really hope Beyonce She's... performs Umbrella. Shut <laughs> up. Like, all the people like the overheard like, like Coachella tweets of like white people not knowing what's going on. Just give me so much. That crowd did not deserve Beyonce. That crowd did not deserve yeah. Beyonce. Well, I'm sure the people in the back... Probably yeah, were living. But they were there. The, peop- the people not in the as front. Many. Um, but yeah, shout out to Beyonce. Perform uh, maybe at some different festivals next year or like at my house. You can come to Pride. You can perform for us. Uh, and yeah, that's supporting the LGBT if community never, by supporting me. That would never happen to millionaires, but if it did happen, no. I could literally like... Can you imagine if Beyonce walked in this building? I would just start crying. I wouldn't <laughs> even be able to like form sentences. It'd just be tears. I'd have to write a note beforehand and like try to read it and like break down halfway through and then she would give me a hug and be like, it's okay. Taylor. Remember when she went to Walmart and bought her album and people were like... <laughs> uh, that, see, that to me is like, why was there no Black Friday stampeding? Which Walmart did she go to? Probably in Malibu. They probably had eight people in there. Malibu doesn't was. have Walmart. 
True. <laughs> California in general doesn't have Walmarts. Yeah. I feel like Walmart is. I don't know. I've only seen there's a, the only one that I've seen here is like 30 miles away from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go there. LA is a Target city, <laughs> which says a lot about yeah. LA. Okay, end this. <laughs> <laughs>